0: How's everybody doing today? You guys all right? Everybody had a good week? Y'all had a good week? All right, all right, all right. I like that excitement right there. Praise God. Amen. So we want to welcome you guys to Hope Haven Church. Um, happy to see everybody here. I got some special friends here today. I'm not talking about this guy. He's getting so excited waiting for me to say his name. <laughs> he's been here like three times already. And he's, he, like, <laughs> Did y'all see him start smiling? <laughs> he was like... <laughs> He was so ready (laughs) we're not celebrating you. (laughs) My buddy Lawrence is here from North Carolina. Can y'all guys give him a round of applause? He's here with his beautiful children. Uh, His daughter's in the back. He has his two-year-old son. That is the friendliest two-year-old I have met. He is so friendly. Um, Y'all pray for Jason and he gets that spirit. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but Lawrence is uh, one of my friends from not even high school we go back to middle school um, so well over 20 years we've been friends um, he has served our country uh, he and his wife uh, so we just want to celebrate both of them um, so he's stationed here uh, well, he's stationed in North Carolina uh, came up, we had dinner on Friday and um, he blessed me, he said I wanted to come check out your church so I'm happy to have him today um, so y'all know what we do um, you guys know we, well, you didn't know, we finished the book of Judges on Wednesday, unfortunately. Um, I was trying to make it work, but um, if anybody's familiar with Judges, like chapters 17 through 21, it's very vulgar. We're talking about, you know, chopping people up and all types of stuff. So I couldn't find a way to make that friendly today. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to start our series from the book of Esther. Uh, we're going to deal with chapters 1 and 2 today. Um and what we're going to do, because you guys know we're doing our family series starting next Sunday. Woo-hoo! Yeah. <laughs> All right, invite your friends, invite your family members, um, tell them to come. We have some interviews that we're going to be playing before each sermon. Um, it's going to be very interesting. So uh, we're going to ask everyone to just uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. Did Zepora say that today? I should. I should. All right. <laughs> All right. So you're going to tell a friend to tell a friend. All right, we're going to tell a friend to tell a friend to come. Uh, we have four babies that we're going to bless today. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So we're going to get started. Let's go to the book of Esther, starting at the first chapter. Um, I want to deal with, uh, I didn't even give you guys the sermon title today. Uh, but basically, the sermon title deals with God working behind the scenes. All right. Uh, we're going to deal with God working behind the scenes. Now, I want you guys to think about something for just a couple moments. How many of you have ever read the book of Esther before? You guys read the book of Esther? All right, I see all the ladies. Any fellas read the book of Esther before? All right, One. All right, two brothers read the book of Esther. Gary trying to get some recognition in here today. <laughs> I want to share something with you guys. Well, I, w- I want you guys to think about something if you've ever read the book of Esther. You guys with me? When you read the book of Esther... Have you ever seen the name God in the book? You've never seen the name Jesus? Never seen the name worship? Never seen the word sacrifice? Never seen anything and that, that kind of coincides to even let you know that it has to do with the, the Jewish journey? Are you guys with me? So when you look at this, you look at the book of Esther, one of the questions that we have to ask ourselves is why is it even in the book? If it makes no reference to God, if it makes no reference to salvation, if it makes no reference to uh, 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 worship or praise or sacrifice or offerings, then why in the world is this book inside of the Bible? It sounds to me like it's nothing more but a fairy tale. It's like putting Cinderella in the Bible. Y'all with me? It it, it appears as if though, why in the world would we add a book in the Bible that doesn't reference God? And I believe that God was strategic when he put, when he he canonized, or when they canonized the book of Esther and put it in the Old Testament. Are y'all with me? I believe that it was strategic, and I'm going to go somewhere in just a couple minutes. Uh, And I think it was strategic, and the reason why Esther was placed in the book of the Bible was because God was showing us how sometimes when it feels like he isn't there, he's there. There. You couldn't find your way out. You couldn't figure your way out. You found yourself going through tunnels and and you just didn't see the light of the tunnel. But yet we find out as we get ready to go through this book in the next couple chapters is that God's hand is hidden in our destiny. Y'all with me? So when I began to study the book of Esther, I had to go theological real quick and understand that the reason why it was placed in the Bible was because it shows a very powerful theological term. And the theological term that is for the book of Esther is the term called providence. Anybody ever heard the word providence? All right, I'm a little slow. I didn't hear that word until recently I heard of Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, but you ever heard of the word provision? Y'all ever heard of provision? Uh-huh. Pro-vi-gen. Vision. Pro-provision. Vision is to what? Pro is before. So provision is to see before. So the book of Esther is to show the providence of God or showing God working behind the scenes, seeing our destiny before we even see it. And there are some times in our life where the dominoes fall and we don't understand how they're falling, why they're falling and where they're falling, but it's all part of God's plan. So the Bible says in Romans 8 and 28, for this we know, Paul says. He sounds confident, doesn't he? For this we know that all things work together for the good of those that love him and the called according to his purpose. Paul seems confident when he says, for this we know, as if, though, you're supposed to know that everything's supposed to work together for your good. Paul, why are you so confident? Paul is confident because he understands the provision of God. He understands that God sees our ending while we're still in in the beginning processes of a season in our life. And he watches you struggle and he watches you sit there and complain and whine and cry. But he understands that he already has the play made out for you to get to your end result. But he wants to see whether or not you'll be consistent to get there. So the Bible says, for this, we know that all things work together for the good of them and the called according to his purpose. It deals with provision because what Paul is basically saying is God already sees your destiny. He's just waiting for you to catch up. Look at your neighbor and say, catch up with your destiny. That's right. Catch up with your destiny. God already has this thing figured out. He's just waiting for you to start walking the line to get there. So the Bible says something very significant in the Bible. It says that a man that does not provide for his family is what? Worse than a infidel, infidel, a man that does not provide. A man that does not have provision, a man that does not have providence, a man that does not see a head for his family is worse than an infidel. What it means is that a man of the house must have vision for his family. Amen. Y'all with me? Yeah. Providence means that I see not how my family is going to eat today, but how my family is going to eat next year. Right. Not only how they're going to eat next year, but how they're going to eat 18 years from now. I'm already working on a plan because God has given me the the ability and the strength to bring provision for my family. And God is our father and he brings provision for us. And one thing we have to learn how to do is not stop, stop stressing the small things and understand for this we know that all things have to work together for my good. And when you understand the provision of God, there's a certain confidence that you have that the rest of the world will never understand. They'll watch you go through a storm and still have praise and think you're crazy. They'll watch you with a smile on your face and have $4 in your bank account because you understand that the season that you're in is not the season that you're going to stay in for the rest of your life. So now we get here to the book of Esther and we get here to the book of Esther. We start at the first verse. You guys with me? We get to the first verse, and it says, and the event, these events took place during the days of Ahasuerus. Now, some of your Bibles say Xerxes. Y'all with me? This happens during the days of what? Ahasuerus, who ruled 127 provinces from where? India, India to Kush, which is modern-day Ethiopia. Ethiopia. <laughs> Y'all with me? Mm-hmm. The man was so bad. The brother was so bad that he ruled from India to Ethiopia. I want y'all to get your spiritual map on in your head and think about how big that is. Ahasuerus rules from India to Ethiopia. This is, this is, this is pretty big. He has 127 provinces or 127 cities that run from India to Ethiopia which tells us we're not dealing with some small, weak king here. You guys with me? In those days, King Hazarus reigned from his royal throne in the fortress of Susa. He held a feast in the third year of his reign for all of his officials and staff, the army of Persia and Media and the nobles and officials from the provinces. He displayed the glorious wealth of his kingdom and the magnificent splendor of his greatness for a total of 180 days. At the end of this time the king held a week-long banquet in the garden I'm sorry in the garden courtyard of the royal palace for all the people from the greatest to the least who were present in the fortress of Susa. So watch this, the man is so bad, go back. The man is so bad that he has a party for 180 days, which is 6 months. <laughs> so not only does he run the the world from India to Ethiopia, but the bull party so hard, some of y'all think y'all so bad because y'all parties at three in the morning one time. The man is so bad, he partied for half of a year. Y'all with me? So for 180 days, he threw a party like no other party. So at the end of this time, the king held a week-long banquet in the, in, in the garden of the courtyard of the royal palace for all the people from the greatest to the least who were present in the fortress of Susa. While wow. white and violet linen hangings were fastened with the white, this just tells you how wonderful and how great uh, his situation is. Keep going. Uh, the beverages were served in the array of gold goblets, each with a different design. Now watch this. The man was so bad that everybody had their own special type of cup. <laughs> so not only did you come in, but when you came in, he gave you a special kind of cup with your own fine, you know, you know your little pimp cup. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about with all, all, all the embroidery and all that wonderful stuff. So he, everybody came in. You had your special type of cup. You partying for six months. You got, he he owns 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia. The man is doing a daggone thing. The king had ordered every wine steward in his household to serve as much as each person wanted, which means that the bar was, was, was unlimited. He had an open bar for six months. That's a bad man. He has a bar that is open for six months. Now watch this. Queen Vashti, no, Vashti his wife, also gave feasts for the women of king, uh, uh, I'm say Xerxes, or king Xerxes' palace. On the seventh day when the king was feeling good, now watch this, he's feeling good for wine, uh, he commanded all his boys <laughs> who personally served him to bring Vashti before him with her royal crown. He wanted to show off her beauty to the people and the officials because she was very beautiful. Let me break down how beautiful this woman was. Now, remember, where does he rule? From to he rules from to Ethiopia. But there's one woman that's so fine that he wants to show her to all his boys. Y'all got to realize this man has women in different area codes. He has women in different countries, but there's something so wonderful and beautiful about Vashti that he wants to show her off, which tells us that this must have been a beautiful system. Y'all with me? But Vashti refused to come at the king's command that was delivered by his eunuchs. The king became furious and his anger burned within him. The king consulted the wise men who understood the times, for it was normal procedure to confer with the experts of law and justice. Now watch this. The trusted ones were, all his brothers there, they were seven officials from Persia and Media who had personal access to the king and occupied the highest positions in the kingdom. The king asked according to the law, what should be done with Queen Vashy since she refused to obey the king. Uh, His command that was delivered by the eunuchs one of his boys said in the presence of the king and his officials, Queen Vashti has, wrong, has wronged not only the king, but all the officials and the peoples who were in every one of kings and providencies. Now watch this. Her rebellion has embarrassed not only you, king, but you're making it hard for us. In other words, you can't keep your woman in check. Uh-oh. Y'all quiet. Y'all with me? In other words, you can't keep her in check, so you're making it hard for the rest of us. How am I gonna go home and tell my wife what to do when your wife ain't respecting what you telling her to do? <laughs> y'all 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 y'all, y'all anybody ever have a situation where your wife ain't do what you told them to do? Y'all better not say nothing. No, I was getting ready to raise his hand. <laughs> but this is a situation now. he's going to get beaten. <laughs> this is a situation now where the disobedience is now affecting his boys, and his boys is saying, "Oh, what are you going to do about this?" So King Xerxes, what he does now is he sends out a decree. I'm not going to read this whole entire thing. He sends out a decree, and the decree is that she is no longer the queen of the throne and that he's going to replace her with another one because she didn't do what he told her to do. Mm. He made a temporary moment get him so upset that he splits from the love of his life. (laughs) Y'all with me? So now we go to the second chapter, and we go to the second chapter, we see something here. In between the first and the second chapter, there's a battle that happens. And Xerxes does not come out as uh, victorious as he wants to be, so he's down. And now that he's down from this battle, watch this, sometime later when King Xerxes' rage had cooled down, he remembered Vashti. Now he wants that old thing back. Y'all ain't supposed to know that. He remembered what she had done and what was decided against her. The king's personal attendant suggests, let us search. Be made a beautiful young woman for the king. Now we got we to gotta, we gotta switch his mind because now he's looking to go back. And we don't want her back because her rebellion will stir up some controversy. So what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to look and find somebody else that can replace the ex-wife. Y'all with me? So let the king appoint commissioners in each province of the kingdom. Now let's find some folks from 127 127 provinces so that they may assemble all the beautiful young women to the harem at the fortress of Susa. Put them under the care of Hegei, the king's eunuch, who is in charge of the women, and give them the required beauty treatments. Watch this. Then the young women who pleases the king will become queen instead of Vashti. This suggestion pleased the king, and he did accordingly in the fortress of Susa. There was a Jewish man named Mordecai, and I'm going to get to him in a minute, son of Jair, son of Shimea, son of Kish, a Benjamin. I want you to understand that this is not a coincidence that Mordecai is in this text. Not only is it not a coincidence that Mordecai is in this text, but Mordecai almost didn't make it to the text. God has a way, and I'm I'm, going to close quickly because we got to bless four babies. God has a way, and I talked about this a couple minutes ago, about the provision of God. It is to see beforehand, but provision is also broken into two other parts. There's the sustenance provision, and then there's something called concurrent provision. Y'all like you're talking too deep. Y'all with me? Sustenance is when God speaks a word, and when God speaks a word, not only does it be but it sustains. I'm going to give you an example. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was now form of void, and God said, let there be, and there was, which means that he spoke a word, and the word sustained. He said, let every seed be, be yield herb, and let every sealed seed yield the fruits, and he begins to speak of the animals, and he begins to speak of all of these things, all the way back in Genesis 1, and the things that he has spoken has sustained. That now it is 2019 and there's still whales in the ocean. It's 2019 and there's lions in the jungle. It's 2019 and there's roaches still in somebody's kitchen. When God speaks a word, not only does he speak a word, "Mm, help me God, but when he speaks a word, he sustains a word. Which means that if God has spoken a word concerning you, not only does he just say it, but he makes sure that that word comes to pass. So if you go to the book of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah says that when he speaks a word, it goes and it accomplishes what he has sent it to do because he is a sustaining God. So if God has spoken certain things concerning your life, no matter what goes on, what matter what type of circumstances happen in your life, regardless of what happens, it has to get you to the end result that he has spoken. So now we go back to Romans eight twenty-eight, and that's why Paul says, for this we know, because he understands that God does not just speak a word, but God sustains a word. So if God has spoken health, if God has spoken wealth, if God has spoken that your family will be saved, regardless of what the circumstance looks like, God will work behind the scenes, even when it looks like he's not doing something and he's doing something. Y'all quiet in here. When God is working, sometimes it looks like nothing is happening, but he's working behind the scenes. Can I go a step further for just a couple moments? Sometimes God allows mess for you to get to the blessing. And that's where we get concurrent provision. What are you talking about? Y'all remember a man by the name of Joseph? In the book of Joseph, the Bible says that his brothers were jealous of him. They threw him in a pit and they left him for dead. Not knowing by them putting him in the pit, he would end up with the Ishmaelites who would sell him to the Egyptians. And eventually his favor got him to become the governor of all of Egypt. Someone's sin ended up being a blessing. So when Joseph became governor and when Jacob died, the brothers came to him out of fear that he was going to kill them. And he began to share with them what you meant for evil was meant for good, which meant that even in the mess, God still had a blessing that was going to be birthed out of it. And if we begin to look over our lives, we see a whole lot of mess. We see a whole lot of problems. We see a whole lot of mistakes. We see a whole lot of things we did wrong. We see a whole lot of times we went left when we should have went right. We see a whole lot of times we got in relationships we shouldn't have got in. We see a whole lot of times where all types of trials and tribulations happen. But when you look back over your life and God begins to do a rewind, you begin to see that all of those negative effects happen so that it could work together for your good as your end result. And that's why sometimes you got to learn how to praise him in your hard places. That's why you got to learn how even in the most difficult times in your life to raise your hand and say, God, I thank you because I recognize that where I'm at, I'm not going to stay for the rest of my life. Yes, sir. Amen. Preach. Amen. Yes, sir. Thank you. This is during a difficult time because this is during the time where Israel were taken captive by the Babylonians. The Babylonians were taken by the Persians. In Isaiah, there was a man by the name of Cyrus the Great. And Cyrus the Great allowed the people to go back into Jerusalem. But there were some people that decided to stay in Persia. And the people that went to Jerusalem left the people for dead that stayed in Persia. Because they thought as if though they reneged on their destiny. But God had a plan for all his people. So the people went on into Jerusalem during the time of Ezra and Nehemiah. And they're rejoicing because they have gone back into their promise and they're going to rebuild and rededicate the temple. And they forgot about God's chosen who stayed behind. But God didn't forget about him and there are some times where folks progress in their life and they leave people behind but i'm so glad that god hasn't forgot us i'm so glad that when people close doors god never closed the door on me i'm glad that when people said no god still said there's still a yes i'm so glad that when things that look like they were working together god says just hold on a little bit longer i know you're hard-headed i know you're stubborn but i still have purpose for your life and i'm still gonna bless you So now we see something here. We see something here. We see that sometimes God allows you to stay in mess so that he can show what happens when all things begin to work together for your good. Sometimes God will put you in situations that are dirty and mucky so that he can have a testimony to the rest of the world that this is something that only I could have done and nobody else could do it but me. Do I got a witness in here? If some of y'all had a testimony, if some of y'all could tell the truth, you understand that you have been in some places that it could only have been God that pulled you out and if it was not for the Lord who was on your side, you would have stayed in some mess, you would have stayed in some dirt, you would have stayed in some muck but thank God for the God who works behind the scenes, the puppet master that is working my destiny when I don't even see him working it making me make connections with right people and opening doors at the right time and putting me in the right place and telling me to go to this place and go to that place and I don't understand but eventually things begin to work together for my good because sometimes he allows things to get you to your destiny are y'all with me so the people that went to Jerusalem forgot about the people in Persia but God never forgot them so God allows the people to stay in Persia y'all with me God allows the people to stay in Persia God allows a man by the name of Xerxes to become king. (laughs) God allows him to have a woman by the name of Vashti who says no. God allows a man by the name of Mordecai to step on the scene at the right time. God allows Mordecai to be the right cousin to raise Ruth or Esther. God allows Esther to be at the right place and at the right time and have the right looks that were pleasing to the king. And God, watch this, God allows her to move from the harem to the palace and go into the house of the queen. Which means that there was some, some, some sin that happened. But God allowed it. And the reason why God's name ain't in the book of Esther is because he can't put his name on sin. So he can't put his name on fornication. He can't put his name on adultery. He can't put his name on mess, but he allowed it. And by him and allowing it, there comes a queen by the name of Esther who saves all of her people because God allowed mess to get people to get to the blessing. Can I go a step further? Can I go a step further? If we begin to look back over our life, some of us were born in mess. Some of us were born in muck. Some of us made some mistakes. Some of us had some things that we have done that were not right. But at the end of the day, it all was part of God's plan. (laughs) So now we see here that God needed a little girl by the name of Daria. But he needed her to look a certain way. So he had to rewind back to December 16, 1977 to make this boy with a round face just like her (laughs) by the name of Darnell. But then he says she's going to have a little attitude. So I'm going to have to go and step into June 20-something of 1979 and have a girl by the name of Zipporah mix them together so that they can have the traits of what I want. Y'all quiet in here. God says in 2019 or 2018, I want a daughter by the name of Samantha. So I got to step back to 1980-something and find a boy over in Philly by the name of Eric, and find a girl over in Pottstown by the name of Brittany, move her all different types of places down to Defford, to Sickleville, put her in school, connect her with Eric so I could get my Samantha. Go ahead and preach, go ahead Y'all quiet. Go ahead (laughs) and preach. There's a little girl by the name of Ava Grace. But he said, I need somebody with attitude, (laughs) temper, She ain't here, so I'm going to talk about her. Me! Get on my nerves! Let me stop. And he designs Yasmin. And he says, I need a laid-back brother. Because Ava's going to be laid-back. And he says, I need, in order for me to connect Ava to have those attributes, I need an Anthony. And Anthony and Yasmin connected to make this destiny of these children. So today we're not just blessing children, but we're blessing the destiny of God. Yes, sir. And sometimes we didn't understand why it happened and how it happened and how we got together. I know Zipporah sometimes thinking, how in the world did I end up with Darnell? But God had his plan for da- <laughs> God had in his plan for them to connect because there had to be three children that were going to change the world through their loins. So sometimes things shift, things look different, things don't make sense, but God is behind the scenes. God is the puppet master. And sometimes we look through our pages of our story of our life and we're like, I felt like God wasn't there. He was there. He was there the whole time. He was just working behind the scenes, putting you in the right place, making the right connections to get you to the perfect destiny and if I could encourage somebody right now my encouragement to you is right now some of you are in some places where you just can't see your way out you don't know how things are going to happen but for this we know that all things work together for the good of them the called according to his purpose. Those that love him, those that love him, those that love him, we are the called according to his purpose. And and before we knew, he knew. <laughs> Y'all don't want to hear that. Before we knew, he knew. He knew our faults. He knew our issues. He designed us. But he did all of that to get you to your destiny. And in the book of Esther, the whole thing happens under the hidden hand of God because God's design and God's plan was to get them to their destiny even when they didn't understand it I'm going to deal with this next week but Mordecai and Haman are the products of what happens when either you do what you're supposed to do or you do what you ain't supposed to do Haman came from the lineage of a man called Agag. Agag was the king of the Amalekites. When the children of Israel came into their promise, God gave him an assignment to kill all the Amalekites. But he let Agag live. And Agag produced Haman. When David had conflict with his son Absalom, He fled. And while he was fleeing, he ran across a man by the name of Shimei who spit at him and cursed him. David gets the victory. Absalom ends up killing himself, dying. And David ends back up in his rightful place. Y'all with me? And when he ends back up in his rightful place, he runs across Shimei again. And at this point, he could have remembered what Shimei did. And could have killed him but he didn't allow his anger to ruin someone else's destiny sometimes we allow our anger to ruin other people's destiny but because he let Shimei live Shimei had a son who had a son by the name of Mordecai and Mordecai in the second chapter ends up being at the right place at the right time to give the news to the king that the people had an assassination attempt on his life. (laughs) But if David would have killed Shimei, we wouldn't have had a Mordecai. And if we wouldn't have had a Mordecai, when Esther's mommy and daddy died, she wouldn't have had a cousin that would have raised her. Which would have changed the whole entire scope of the scripture. Which means, like I said, sometimes things that look messy is necessary to get us to our destiny. Imagine if some of us weren't born. If I wasn't born, there'd be no Ayana, there'd be no Lana, there'd be no Joel, there'd be no Jason. All right, that's all the names I got now. Y'all like this. <laughs> I was gone, wasn't I? (laughs) But it was all part of God's design. All part of God's plan. And if some lady didn't meet some man in Camden, New Jersey in 1974, I wouldn't have been here. Mm. And if some girl from Augusta, Georgia didn't meet a man from Dover, Delaware, one of them wouldn't have been here. And if someone from Pittsburgh didn't meet somebody down in Cape May, New Jersey, via Alabama, then that person wouldn't have been born. Y'all quiet. Look at the dynamics. Could you have told somebody in Alabama in 1920-something that they would have a grandson in New Jersey preaching the gospel in 2017 or 2019? I'm two years behind, I'm trying to keep myself young. <laughs> God somehow shifts things, makes things happen, and just allows things to fall into place yes. so that everything falls in line with his destiny and with his word. Amen. So that's why Jesus tells us: be anxious for nothing. Do you see the bird stressing? Do you see the animals stressing? But yet I provide for them. So why are you stressing? And the reason why you're stressing a lot of times is because you're trying to reach out of your destiny to get something that doesn't pertain to your God's will or your plan or his plan concerning your life. We, so we become frustrated. Because we want stuff that is not part of his will. I want her. I want her. That ain't your will. That ain't part of his will. I want him. And then when things don't go together, we blame God. And we don't understand that sometimes God puts blockers. Yeah, that's right. I stole that from somebody last night. <laughs> we Went out to dinner. I stole that from him. Puts blockers. In the way to keep you with tunnel vision for your destiny. So we got to learn to rejoice, y'all. I'm done. Rejoice. Rejoice. I know y'all like, what? I'm going through. Rejoice. His will has to be done. His plans concerning your life have to happen. So rejoice. I'm going through, but I can't stay here because there's something better concerning my life. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to rejoice because this ain't the end for me. Amen. And when we get that attitude, nothing, nothing, as Paul says, can separate us from the love of God. Let's give God a hand clap. Praise God. Father, we thank you, Lord. I'm going to give you these three. Yeah, look, see, I'm getting ready to pray already. Three keys to the sermons. God's plan always works together for your good. I just said that. Number two, He allows what we don't understand sometimes to get us to the end result. Number three, when we don't see Him, that doesn't mean He's not working. I'll give you the easiest scripture They that wait upon the Lord, He shall. They shall, like an eagle, they shall, they shall. Now look at that. They doing all that while waiting on the Lord. Hold on. on. They that wait, what does wait mean? Chill. (laughs) He's renewing. You're mounting. You're running. And you're walking. How you doing all that while waiting? It shows us that God is doing something. When it looks like he's doing nothing. So when we don't see him, that doesn't mean that he isn't working. Father, we thank you for this opportunity, God, to share the word on today, God. God, I thank you, Lord, for allowing us to understand your hidden hand in our destiny. God, allow us to relax. (laughs) Allow us, God, to just understand, God, that you got this. God, allow us, God, to just pray your will. Allow us, God, to just align and just do what we have to do, God, and be what we're supposed to be in you, God. For God, as long as we trust you, God, we can't fail. As long as we believe in you, God, you have our our back, God. And Lord, we thank you. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to partner with us or make a donation, please visit our site at www.go2hopehaven.org. Our mission statement is to reach, evangelize, accept, and love. Your contribution will be a blessing to many in our local community, nationally, and even internationally. Again, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more next week.